Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 61. Um, the readings are going to be for the Saturday after Ash Wednesday. So we're going into the uh, first week of Lent. So if you like what I do, please subscribe and share to my podcast. It would be a great help. So let's begin the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Heavenly Father, please bless these uh, readings that we for the um, for Lent. May it uh, help encourage us and to strengthen us and to keep us uh, observing the Lenten fast so that we can be closer to you through Jesus Christ, your Son. Uh, Blessed Mother, please pray for us. St. Joseph, pr uh, pray for us. Holy Spirit, yeah, please guide our thoughts to Jesus. Amen. Okay, folks, so let's um, begin our reading. Our reading today uh, for um, Saturday is going to be continuing with... Uh, the first reading is going to be for f from Isaiah. Like we read last time, it's going to be from Isaiah. So let's begin. Okay, the entrance antiphon from Psalm 69. Answer us, Lord, for your mercy is kind. In the abundance of your mercies, look upon us. Answer us, O Lord, for your mercy is kind. In the abundance of your mercies, look upon us. Okay, reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 58, verse 9 to 14. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. If you bestow your bread on the hungry, then light shall rise for you in, in the darkness. Thus says the Lord, if you remove from your midst oppression, false accusations, and malicious speech, if you bestow your bread on the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted, then light shall rise for you in the darkness, and the gloom shall be shall become for you like midday. 
then the Lord will guide you always and give you plenty even on the parched land. He will renew your strength and you shall be like a like a watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. The ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake and the foundations from ages past you shall you shall rise up repair of the uh, repair of the breach they shall call you restore of ruined homesteads if you hold back your foot on the sabbath if you hold back your foot on the sabbath from following your own pursuits on my holy day if you call the sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not following your, your ways, seeking your own interests or speaking with malice, then you shall delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will nourish you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. All right. Um, it's a long one. I'm going to, I'm not going to read it a second time, uh, but let's, we're going to go over it still. Okay. Thus says the Lord, if, if you remove from your midst oppression, so they're oppressing their own fellow uh, countrymen, their own fellow believers, their own fellow people, the Jews, the people of Israel are oppressing each other. The most powerful, the ones, I guess, who have land and who are stronger are forcing themselves on those who are weaker. False accusations and malicious speech. Okay? So they're giving false witness. They're giving false witness against their fellow, uh, their fellow uh, countrymen. And they're abusing speech, malicious talk. If you bestow your bread on the hungry and satisfy the afflicted, they're not, they're, um, they're holding back. They're not, a, they're, they're not being God's people. They're holding back and they're, they're starvation. There is malnourishment and this is not what God wanted. And they're not satis They're not giving justice to the afflicted. Then light shall rise for you in the darkness, the darkness of their hearts. They are closed to God's truth, God's light, God's word. And the gloom shall become for you a midday. Because of this, you know, when, when people do this to other people, when people afflict and oppress other people, when people are horrible to another human being, there's a sense of depression. There's a sense of shame. They know in their heart. They don't, they're, they're close to it but they're living with gloom over them. They're living with God's judgment on, uh, uh, over them. When you, when you start abusing, you people are terrified of you, but also at the same time, that kind of person doesn't, um, if you're not ashamed, you, you become hardened of heart, but you're walking with judgment upon you. There is, the judgment of God is going to come down upon them. And that's, that's what's going on. They don't want to, they don't want to admit it, but you know, that's what's happening to them. Uh, but if you overcome it, uh, it's like, I guess the story of like a 
Ebenezer Scrooge. Remember how miserable he was. But it's the same thing for anybody. Uh, the Lord will guide you. The Lord will guide you always and give you plenty, even on the parched land. Um, he will renew your strength, and you should be like a watered garden. The word of God will water you and strengthen you. You know, the word of God will go into will go into your life. The ancient ruins shall be rebuilt for your sake, and the foundations from ages past you shall raise up. This is not talking about just physical structures, instructions, physic, uh, physical parts of the land. It's the ways of their ancestors. Those are the physical structures. He's talking about the, the ancient ways, the ways of their fathers, what God has passed down to them. They will begin to find joy in their ancestors and in their instruction in the scriptures, in the, in the wisdom of their, of their forefathers. A lot of times when people are disconnected, like say from their faith, they lose sight of it. Suddenly everything that they learned is, is sort of like far away. And when people rediscover it as a joy in, in especially people who abandon the Christian faith, abandon the Catholic faith, they're, they're depressed because everybody needs faith in their life. They need something to believe in. But for these people, because they have put their lives in materialism, in land, property, and human trafficking, a slavery, and not keep and not practicing the virtues of their fathers, when they discover it is like a whole new country, a whole new world for them. And and uh, it goes on foundation foundations from ages past you shall raise up repairers of the breach they shall call you restorer of ruined homesteads they're finding new home in their faith they restore that and again there's joy in their hearts that's what it is there's joy in their hearts of discovering the faith of their fathers the faith of your grandfather practice your father practice for joy in christ joy in the word of god if you hold back your foot on the sabbath now, here's another one. They're not observing the Sabbath. From following your own pursuits on my, on my holy day, if you hold back your foot on the Sabbath, from following your own pursuits on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, if you honor it by not following your ways, seeking your own interest or speaking with malice, then you shall, you shall delight in the Lord and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will nourish you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. There's a joy in participating in the holy life. Okay, not just going through motions, not just following instructions, not just reciting things empty, but learn why, why there's joy in the faith, why there's joy in practicing it, why there's joy. You learn the meaning of faith. You learn, you, you discover new things. You, you discover the, what your father practiced. Of course, you as an individual, you find meaning in it, finding meaning in your life, the way your father or your grandfather found meaning in the faith. And, you know, you, that's the whole point. That's the joy of the faith. And then, you know, you're walking with God. You have a personal relationship with Jesus. You find joy in the sacraments. You find joy in like the season of Lent. It's, it's, a, it's a liberation, a liberation because you're breaking away from the world. You're breaking away from the materialism of the world. That's why it's good when you 
show charity and mercy to others, you're participating in the charity and mercy of Christ. You're participating in the life of the divine. Charity and mercy comes from God. And when we practice charity and mercy of God, we're participating in the life of the divine. We're participating in the life of God. Mercy comes from God. Charity comes from God. Joy of faith comes from God. And when we participate in it, we're participating in the life of God. All right, let's go to the psalm. Okay, so now we go into the um, psalm. It's going to be Psalm 86. And the response is, Teach me your ways, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Teach me your way, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Incline your ear, O Lord, answer me, for I am afflicted and poor. Keep my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call the day, all, all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer, and attend to the sound of my blessing. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Okay, so let's read it, the whole thing straight through. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Incline your ear, O Lord, answer me, for I am afflicted and poor. Keep my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all the day. Gladden the soul, gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer, and attend to the sound of my blessing. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. All right. So let's go over it. Incline your ear, O Lord, answer me, for I am afflicted and poor. Keep my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Incline your ear. You're, uh, obviously, you're asking God to bend down his ear, to open his ear to your prayers. Answer me, for I am afflicted and poor. Now, this is not just talking about material. It's easy to say things about material things, but afflicted and poor, we, as we know, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. In other words, you, you, you're, you're in need of God's grace and God's, God's, uh, supernatural grace, his sanctification to strengthen you, to strengthen your faith. If one is in despair, that's definitely poor in spirit poor in faith. Keep my life for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. It can mean, like I said, 
material, afflicted, maybe you're persecuted, maybe you're 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 pushed to despair. But doubt doesn't mean loss of faith. It just means you need God more in your life, and you're and and the, the psalmist here is is teaching us to pray for the mercies and graces we need. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all day. You pray to God all day. You turn your, your heart, your mind to God all day. Gladden the soul of your servant. Um, put joy, put joy and hope in, 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 in your soul. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You lift up you, your spirit, your mind, your soul, your very will. You lift them up to God. These things we need. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the sound of my pleading. It's, you know, like I said, it's all, all these things we desperately call to God. We need him every moment. And during Lent is a good time, especially when we can reflect on things that we may have done. For, we are regretful. Sometimes we could remember things we've done in our childhood. Sometimes we could remember the things we've said to to people we love. Sometimes, you know, it, these these are things we we need encouragement. We need spiritual encouragement. We want God to turn to us and strengthen us, so that we can be become better people and stop. And we can also stop being ashamed of the things we the way we used to live our life. You know. It's grace and joy and faith is something we need desperately. And we need that in our lives now, especially even more. Okay, uh, let's go to the next. Let's go to the gospel. Okay, so now let us begin. Uh, the verse before the gospel is from Ezra, chapter 33, verse 11. Uh, I'm sorry, maybe it might be Ezekiel. I think it's Ezekiel, sorry. Ezra's not that big. Uh, there's no, I don't think it has 33 chapters, but it's, it's Ezekiel, I believe. Take, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, says the Lord, but rather in his conversion that he may live. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 11. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, says the Lord, but rather in his conversion that he may live. I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked man, says the Lord, but rather in his conversion that he may live. Uh, let's stop right here a minute. You know how often people, they they have this horrible interpretation where they they call the God of the Old Testament angry and 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 uh, a grumpy God of the Old Testament. This, that's not it. That's this this verse here proves it. What I just read in the Psalm proves it's not true. What I just read in the, in the book of uh, Isaiah 58, what we've been going through, it's funny because uh, that's, this chapter popped up in the divine office for Wednesday. It's not, that's, this is not God. It's not God. I don't know where people come up with this, but they really have some horrible, horrible way of looking at the Bible. There's some really bad teachers in these, especially in like, 
the history channels uh, on the Bible or faith and or colleges and universities, they have some really, I mean, these are people who probably have never bothered to pick up the Bible, but at the same time, they love, they love talking about it. They claim they don't believe in God, but they can't leave religion behind. All right, let's continue. It's um, Gospel Luke chapter 5, verse 27 and 32. I have not come to call righteous to repentance, but sinners. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. I have come not to call the righteous but to repentance, but sinners. Luke chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. Amen. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and, other, and, and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and the scribes complained to his disciples saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's, uh, let's read it one more time. Uh, Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5, verse 27 to 32. Jesus saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And leaving everything behind, he got up and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And a large crowd of tax collectors and others were at table with them. The Pharisees and the scribes complained to his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said to them in reply, those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So Jesus calls Levi a tax collector. I'm sure it was a shock to all the apostles. I don't know if you guys have been watching The Chosen. There's a a very nice, um, beautiful scene how they interpret it. It's actually quite attractive. It shocks everybody. And, you know, Levi, the way they show him, he has some corks that he has maybe... Uh, some even think that maybe he might have suffered from Asperger's syndrome, uh, very compulsive, very accurate, uh, but very intelligent, very intelligent person, very smart, can calculate numbers very easily. Um, and then, of course, they have him here that he prepares a feast and invites all his friends. And, uh, you know, it's a shock. It's a shock to, I'm sure, the other apostles. Tax collectors were considered unclean. They, because you're working for the Romans, you're collecting money, uh, you're working with the oppressor, you're a collaborator, uh, most likely your life is in danger because of it. But the way they portray him in the show is he's 
a calculating, he's, he has a mind that thinks like a machine, like a calculator. It's hard for him not to think that way. He, he, he doesn't have good social skills. He has very hard time getting along with people. He watches people from far away. You know, um, you see people spitting at him, pushing him. They don't want him nearby. They don't want him anywhere close. Uh, Romans love him because he's got a, he's got a, he's a, he's a human calculator. That's pretty much it. Now he leaves his post and he runs. So he must have been hurting, he heard Jesus speaking. He must have heard him talk, preaching in the marketplace. He must have heard Jesus, uh, you know, from corners and by the seashore of, of Capernaum. And it obviously, um, he's, he's impressed. Now, it's interesting, like in one of the commentaries about how it describes Mark, it's Mark obviously when he starts his gospel this is luke's but mark begins the beginning of the gospel of jesus christ the son of god that's the title of his of his book the original writers don't put down gospel according to mark matthew starts the beginning of the genealogy of jesus christ the the son of david the son of abraham john's gospel begins in the beginning was the word they're alluding to genesis in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, Luke here is the one writing about Matthew. And he's impressed. He's impressed that he called a tax collector to follow him. A, a, a person who is excommunicated from religious services, ex excommunicated from all uh, religious activities, excommunicated from the community, maybe even his own family, his own relatives, his own clansmen. He can't participate. He is not clean. He's considered impure. You, even to eat in his house, you're considered contaminated. But Jesus enters his house and eats. He is impressive. Jesus impresses people. He shocks them. He, he basically changes their whole perception of how they see the world, how they see themselves, how they see people. This is a conversion. Jesus encounters people and you're not the same. Even if, let's say, his own enemies are not the same. The Pharisees are shocked. They can't believe he's doing this. And uh, Levi Ho hosts a banquet for him in his house. A large crowd of tax collectors and and other people were at table with them. The Pharisees, most likely they're standing at the door, not daring to step in. And their scribes, their scribes, those so-called, I guess, legal people, their uh, kind of disciples, I guess, and as well as the legal people, complained to, the, complained to his disciples, Jesus' disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? You're not supposed to eat with them. You can't eat on the same table with them. You can't share the same food with them. You shouldn't be under the same roof with them. You shouldn't be associating with them. And Jesus said to them in reply, Those who are healthy do not even need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call 
the righteous to repentance, but sinners. Right to the point. I have not come called the righteous to repentance, but sinners. This is, I mean, think about it. He left his tax post. A, a tax collector <clears throat> also skimps off. You know, he, he takes a, no, the Romans don't care as long as they get their percentage. Even if, let's say, a person comes to you, they owe a certain amount of money. You can put in maybe a calculation, like say, I guess you can say whatever, an extra dollar or two over their, over their fee, over their funds. So you take those two for yourself. The Romans get their, their funds. So you never touch it. That's why John the Baptist said, don't take more than, than, you know, than, than your, than, than what's uh, expected of you. Then, then what, you know, what you're charged. He knows, everybody knows that they cheat people. They add more money. So they can take a little bit of that extra for themselves, and the Roman that way the Romans don't don't the Romans can ignore it as long as the Romans get what they're supposed to get, the tax collector can overcharge, uh, add late fee as much as he wants to get his own, and that's probably how they all got rich. They all overcharge people, overpenalize people, <clears throat> but it you know it was a living, and Matthew. Um, whether he had Asperger's syndrome or not, definitely made a living. But the point is that Jesus comes along and he leaves it. He leaves his post. He abandons his post. He decides, I don't want this job anymore. I'm going to follow him. That's quite a conversion. It's quite uh, imp impressive. And that's exactly what happened. So you see what happens here is that and then he heard Jesus speak. He heard Jesus preach. He saw Jesus perform the miracles. He must have heard about the resurrection of the, of, of the, of the uh, synagogue official's daughter. He must have heard about the leper. He must have heard about the, 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 the what he's done with the fish, with Simon Peter and uh, the unbelievable catch of fish. He must have heard about people being cured, and you know the paralytic. He must have heard about people who are possessed and cured. He must have also heard him preach and talk and how he dealt with the Pharisees, and and the scribes. This was an impressive man, and he decided, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to actually give this up. I'm going to, for the first time in my life, do something crazy. I'm going, I mean, probably not the first time, because obviously when choosing to go with the Romans was probably considered, working as a tax collector with them was considered quite impressive and shocking. But he did it. He did it. And Jesus answered, Jesus called and Matthew with his whole heart, with his whole soul, with his whole will, with the very depths of his being, knew he was being called. Knew that this was something he had to answer. 
and he just abandoned it, abandoned his post and decided to take the sleep to follow the Nazarene, to follow the man from Nazareth. And he did. Pretty shocking. And he did it. Matthew knew, knew, knows his faith. He obviously is well-trained and well-versed in, in it. You can see in his writings. Levi knows the, Jew, knows the prophets. He knows the Jewish religion. He knows the Jewish customs. He knows the law of Moses. He modeled Jesus. He modeled, he saw that Jesus is the new Moses. He modeled his, his whole gospel, in a sense, almost like the five books of Moses. This was quite a change, a, quite an influence in the man. And that's what happened. And I've come to call sinners, I know, not the healthy. It's, the, it's, it's, the, it's those who are healthy do not need a physician, but the sick do. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but sinners. And Matthew heard him and never forgot it. All right, so uh, let's end it here. Um, let's, on our Father, Hail Mary and St. Michael, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Okay, folks, just remember, I mean, if Jesus, Jesus, obviously, he has an unbelievable effect. And, and if we're listening and we're, reading the Gospels, and we keep coming back to him, then put yourself in Matthew's place, in Levi's place, and also think about how important it is to follow him, to hear his voice, and know that in the Gospels, he's calling us, in the scriptures, he's calling us, in the Psalms, in the wisdom books, through the prophets, he's calling us. Obviously, really, Tell yourself, why do you keep coming back to Jesus? Why do you keep coming back to the gospel? Why do you keep coming back to your faith? Why do you keep praying the rosary? Why do you keep um, listening to the mass? It's a call, a call of faith, a call of conversion. You And the fact is, we need to act on it. Mold our, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to really, really give us the grace to respond to this call, to this, to, to this, to this important event in our lives. Jesus is the one of the most important event in our lives. 
And we should really respond to him. Respond to him. Respond to him and allow him to change us. Allow him to mold us. These things are important. All right. Remember to subscribe and share. And uh, I'll be back again for Sunday's readings. Okay. God bless.